after us. That's something that we can be confident in knowing that God is running after each and every one of us. So, I hear that Sue Sutton has been taken into hospital. Yeah, so let's pray for her. She's, I've just got a text that she's been taken off into hospital, uh, uh, suffering from an aneurysm. So, let's just join in prayer right now. So, God, who is the healing God... We know your power, Lord, because we've experienced it for ourselves. And we know that there's nothing too hard for you. So, Father, as you are in that hospital room with Sue right now, we call upon you, Lord God, and your healing power. And we speak to, to Sue right now. We speak your healing over Sue in the name of Jesus and we command healing Lord God in the name of Jesus that Father there'll be no damage in Sue's brain or in any of her faculties Lord God we thank you Lord God that you are the God that heals Sue so thank you Lord we speak to a spirit and we say Spirit of Sue, be thou healed in Jesus' name. We speak to a body and we say, be thou healed in Jesus' name. We speak to a mind and we say, be thou healed in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, that Sue will give a testimony of your goodness in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah, let's pray. Thank you. Let's just continue to keep praying for her. Because God is our healer, you know, no matter what. You know, sometimes you think, well, God didn't heal me. But it doesn't mean that it's still not a healer. That's what we've got to always keep in mind. Just because we might not have got our healing, it doesn't mean he's not still the healer. Okay? And um, so we, uh, the, the, the word commands us to still speak over our situation. Even though we might not see it yet, but let's still speak over our situation. So it's so wonderful to be here again with you all and thank you uh, uh, Pastor Paul for inviting me again. And while we were worshipping, I felt God was saying, um, uh, redig the wells. I'm not going to speak on that today, but that's what I felt he was saying. He was saying, redig the wells. There's so much um, richness in Hope Community Church. There's so much that's gone on. There's so much legacy. And I felt God saying, redig some of those wells because he wants to be, we read today, he doesn't want a, a dry spring. He wants a spring of life um, bubbling up and bubbling over. So I don't know what that means for you as a church, but I think there might need to be some generals that is calling now to put some strategies in place about redigging some of those wells. Today I want to speak about, I'm not even sure why I'm speaking about this one, but I'm going to talk about claiming your inheritance, okay? Uh, many of you know I, I wrote a couple of books, and in one of the books, and I've got some here if you need to buy one today, but, but one of the books is uh, P31 Women, one's called P31 Men, but in P31 Women I speak about the daughters of Zelifod. And I, I know you all know who those are, don't you? Yes, no. <laughs> well, we're going to look at the daughters of Zelipod today because I really felt that um, something, 
And I don't know who this is for or anything, but let's just uh, talk about that. So if you get the slide, so claiming your inheritance, let me see. So I'm not going to read all these scriptures. Next slide, please. But these are the scriptures that we will, uh, that talks about the daughters of Zelipod. Numbers 27, 1 to 11. Numbers 36, 2 to 11. Joshua 17, 3 to 4. I don't know why, I'm a bit of an Old Testament girl. I seem to speak a lot from the Old Testament. I think last time I was here, it was the Old Testament. And I think when I was growing up, mom and dad, because mom and dad were pastors, and they dwelt a lot in the Old Testament. And what I loved about the Old Testament was its stories, because they just seemed so unreal. But these are the stories, and I always remember those stories. So today I think I'd like to talk about the daughter of Zelipod. And part of the daughter of Zelipod story, the next slide, is about inheritance. Okay? Inheritance. The passing of land, possessions, and spiritual gifts from one generation to another. I think you mentioned today the young people. I think our dear brother over there mentioned the young people and uh, generation. And I'm sure you guys might think, well, we're not that young. <laughs> I remember when I used to be called the young people and now I'm the older person. But, you know, but it's interesting about generations and about legacy and passing things on. As some of you know, my mum has just died. She died just before, just on New Year's Eve. Okay, and um, you know, so sorting out of her, her affairs has been a little bit tricky because somehow that older generation didn't like to talk about their affairs, etc. That's what I felt anyway. So some of the sorting out of her, her affairs has been a little bit tricky. And it's interesting because I'm from a large family and what I'm seeing is a sort of difference in opinions of how we sort out affairs. I'm very much one who believes in passing things on to the next generation. I'm very much that thing about don't just live for today, think about the bigger picture. Some of us in our family are thinking, well, you know, it's doesn't matter now, we've got our house, we've got this, what does it matter, blah, blah, blah. And so we're in a bit of a limbo in trying to sort things out. But um, I believe God always talks about passing the baton on, passing things on. He talks about inheritance. If you read a lot of the Old Testament, it's about inheritance. And even when you go into the New Testament, it's about inheritance. So, because, why, why is that? Because God is eternal. Okay, we are here for a space of time. We are here, it's like, this is eternity, and this is us in that eternity, but God covers it all. So he sees things from one generation to the other generation to the other. And I feel as well, it's good stewardship. God calls us to stewardship to think about inheritance as well. So the passing of land, possessions and spiritual gifts from one generation to another. So let me just give you a bit of the background about the daughters of Zelophod, okay? So let's go back into the Old Testament a bit. And what had happened now, they'd come out of Egypt. The children of Israel has come out of Egypt, okay? But, as you know, they were a bit of a rebellious bunch, okay? So God had 
kept them in, in the wilderness. After coming out of Egypt, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. But what he said to them, that those that had come out of Egypt, because of their rebellion, would not enter Canaan, would not enter the promised land. So they wandered around in the wilderness until a lot of them died off, except Joshua and Caleb, who were the only ones who left Egypt and entered into Canaan. Okay, so while they're in the wilderness, a new generation was coming up. A new generation. They weren't part of Egypt, but they were going to be part of Canaan, the new, the promised land. So only those of 20 years and older were counted. So they took a census while they were in the wilderness. And God told Moses to count the amount of uh, people in the, in the wilderness. So they took only the, those of 20 years and older were counted. As the Israelites that left Egypt would not see the promised land because of their continual sin. So only Joshua and Caleb would see the promised land out of about 3 million people, I think it probably was, who left Egypt. I could be wrong, but there was quite a few million. So the new generation that would inherit the land in Canaan were born in the wilderness. Interesting, they were born in the wilderness. Right, so while they were in the wilderness, okay, Joshua and Caleb, and he sent a couple of 12 spies over to Canaan, to look at the land. Joshua and Caleb says, yeah, we can, we can possess that land. But the rest of the tribe said, no, there are giants in the land. We can't do it. You know, they are uh, uh, children of Anak, so there were giants. Um, we don't know how these giants came about, but somehow these giants put the fear of God into the children of Israel. But Joshua and Caleb said, no, no, we can do it, we can do it. However, they didn't go there. They, stuck, they were just stuck in the wilderness. So what Moses did, Moses started to divide out the land to all the tribe of Israel while they were in, uh, while they were in, in the wilderness. But there was one particular tribe, the tribe of Manasseh, and Manasseh was the son of Joseph, I think. So Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, and um, uh, Manasseh was one of the tribes. So the tribe of Manasseh, when they were dividing their inheritance, it was discovered that one of Manasseh's descendants, Zelihophod, or Zelifod, however you want to pronounce it, he died in the wilderness, but he didn't have any sons. He only had five daughters. And at that time, the inheritance usually goes to the sons. Okay, you with me? Following the story? Good. So now we come to Numbers 27, 1 to 11. And these daughters, these women, went to Moses I want you to picture the scene, right? A courtroom scene. These women who perhaps should not enter into the courts where Moses was and the rest of the, uh, uh, the elders was, they wanted to go and see Moses. They did not believe that their father's legacy should be lost. They said to Moses that actually it wasn't because of rebellion why the father died, it was some other thing. But it wasn't because the children of Israel rebelled in, in the wilderness and 
Zellenfod wasn't involved in that. So anyway, let's visit Numbers 27, and I'll read for you. So, the next slide, daughter, uh, yeah. So the daughters of Zelifod, son of Hepher, the son of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, belonged to the clans of Manasseh, son of Joseph. The names of these daughters were Mahala, Noah, Hogla, Hilkah, and Tirzah. Okay, I hope I pronounced those right. They came forward and stood before Moses, Eleazar, the priest, the leaders and the whole assembly at the entrance to the tent of the meeting and said, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among Korah's followers who banded together against the Lord, but he died for his own sin and he left no sons. Why should our father's name disappear from his clan because he had no son. Give us property among our father's relatives. Okay, so picture that scene. These five women went and said, just because our father had no sons, you've been busy numbering out the land with the others. We too should have part of this inheritance. We too should have property. So Moses brought their case, next slide, so Moses brought their case before the Lord and the Lord said to him, what Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their father's relatives and give their father's inheritance to them. Say to the Israelites, if a man dies and leaves no son, give his inheritance to his daughter. If he has no daughter, give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, give his inheritance to his father's brothers. If his father has no brothers, give his inheritance to the nearest relative in his clan, that he may possess it. This is to have the force of the law for the Israelites as the Lord commanded Moses. So you get the picture? So those daughters did something that perhaps if they sit quiet and thought, you know what, what's the point of us going? It won't go anywhere. What's the point? We're only five women. They're not going to listen to us. But what they did, and they did it with all respect and all with all wisdom, they went to Moses and Moses decided, yeah, let me take this to the Lord and see. And God said, yeah, they're right. Give them their inheritance. So what can we learn from the daughters of Zelophehad? How does that apply for us today? today? Their father had sinned, so they may have felt fear and trepidation going into Moses and others to ask the land. I want to just pause there, and I don't know why, but some of us sometimes, we may feel guilt and fear in going to ask God for what he has promised us. I find that happens a lot in the churches. 
I find, and I've done it as well, there's this sort of false humility as if, well, we don't deserve it. That comes, and that's something that the enemy comes to do to keep us bound. It's like a false humility. I don't really deserve it. You know, I've lived a very sinful life. I'm going to pay penance. I'm going to lock myself. You know, I don't really deserve this. Even though God has set me free, but I don't think I deserve it. So we stay in our guilt and we stay in our sort of jail, really. And that's not what God is, wants. God says he's come to give us life. He's come to set us free from guilt. No matter what, you can't pay penance. You know, you can't pay how much you think you can. That's why Jesus died on the cross. That's why his blood was shed, so that he can set us free. Okay, he can turn our lives around. He's already paid the price. So the, the daughters felt that, you know, we know our father sinned. But, you know, that's not our problem. That's his. <laughs> we know we've got, we can get this inheritance. So they clarified to Moses that their father was not one of the rebels in the uprising, but he died because of another matter. Yet they were wise enough and bold enough to figure out that their father's name should live on. They should get their father's inheritance. When we were praying today, uh, someone who was on the Zoom prayed for Ukraine and others, all the other lands. You know the main reason why wars happen? Because of land. Everyone fights over land. Russia wants Ukraine, wants the land, wants the people. There's something about land that is precious. And that's why so many wars have been fought over land. Israel and the Palestinians, land. This and that, land. So important. So, the daughters came to Moses in agreement. That was one good thing. They came in a, a agreement and they were in solidarity and were a force to reckon with. I don't know how they did it, but they must have discussed this and says, look, we're going to go together and we're going to agree on this. This is what we all believe that this is for us. So they went in agreement. This wasn't just a group of feminists coming together to cause trouble with the men folk. They weren't. You know, sometimes we might think, oh, it's these women again, always want something. They weren't a group of feminists that come in together to cause men with the trouble with the menfolk. But they passionately believed that they should contend for their inheritance, even though they had not yet seen the land of Canaan. Isn't that interesting? It was only Joshua and Caleb that had seen the land of Canaan. But these daughters said, we want piece of the action as well. And note as well, these daughters were still quite young. They had not, was not even married yet. So they had not started to have their own children, etc. So that when they died, the, the land could, um, could be passed on. So what these daughters were doing were very strategic and thinking about future and thinking not about themselves. They had faith in Joshua and Kayla's report that it was a good land and they said we want some of that as well. So think about the characteristics of these daughters. So, just the next slide. Okay, so that was some of the barriers.
barriers, but there was more barriers to come for these women, right? And I won't read the scripture, but it, I think it's the next scripture in um, in Numbers, Numbers thirty-eight, that the do- the, the the daughters had more barriers. So the daughters of Zelophehad had to jump through another hoop, and that was they had to marry from their own tribe. So in Numbers, further on, it reads that some men came to Moses again and said, well, you know, what if these women marry someone else's from another tribe? Then it's going to come out of Manasseh and go into another tribe and this, that, and the other. So again, this, the, the, what was uh, Moses commanded that these women should marry in their own tribe. So, uh, and so that the, the inheritance could stay in that tribe. So daughters of Zelophehad in Joshua. So after that, that was in Numbers. Okay, that was in Numbers. So think about it. In Numbers, they were still in the wilderness, right? They were still in the wilderness. Then years later, years and years later, they'd got married. They were probably a bit of old women. They were probably, you know, maybe in middle-aged women or so. Joshua and the rest of the children of Israel were now in Canaan, right? They were now in Canaan. Joshua's dividing the land up, etc. Did we hear the daughters of Zelophehad's name? We didn't. What had to happen? They had to go to Joshua again and say, remember us, we've got land as well. Remember us, remember us. So in, in, in Joshua, they went to Joshua again and says, this is what Moses commanded when we were in the wilderness. Remember us. And then it comes to that scripture where Joshua says, yeah, of course, send the land, give the land to them as well. Give them their portion as well. The interesting thing about Joshua, I, I, I sort of saw the difference between Joshua and Moses, actually. It was an interesting thing. Because we know that Moses didn't enter into the Canaan. Into Canaan. In, um, and Joshua's name means salvation, I think. So it's like Jesus. So it means salvation. There's a lot of things that, uh, that happened that Joshua did that perhaps Moses didn't do. And what Joshua did, he started to release some of the things that Moses had promised that but was not able to do. But if you read Joshua, there's things with that Caleb had asked for some land and had not got it. So Joshua started to release it. And this was what Joshua was able to do for the daughters as well. He was able to give them their inheritance. And then if you, this isn't in, this isn't necessarily um, found in the scripture unless you do a bit of research. But I think, that paved the way for Ruth and Naomi and then Boaz who said, well, I'm not your next of kin or your nearest kinsman. I've got to go to someone else before I can marry Ruth. And so Boaz had to go to the nearest one who owned the land, etc., to marry Ruth and so So there's lots of things that these daughters did to pave the way for others. And that's how we've got Ruth and Boaz and Obed and David and this and that and Jesus. So what they did, may not you may not have even heard of the daughters of Zelophehad until now, but these women changed history. They changed the law. So...
How do we contend for our inheritance? Let's just go to that last slide. Let's just have a little bit of a think and let that sink in. Let's sink in. God, what are you telling us today? What are you saying to us for this time and for this season? I'd like to say to you, do not despise your inheritance, whatever that may be. If you think back about Esau, Esau despised, belittled his inheritance because he wanted food. He was hungry. So he thought, you know what? What good is that inheritance going to be to me now? I'm just hungry. I just want to eat. Okay? So Joshua, uh, sorry, so Esau lost out on his inheritance. Sometimes we have a short-term vision, but actually God is more longer-term. He looks at the bigger picture. Don't be just so short-term. Look at the bigger picture. Look at the generations that's going to come after you and after me. Identify what you should be contending for. What is your inheritance? You know, the scripture tells us, if we read scriptures, it tells us we have an inheritance. We have the inheritance of eternal life, but also eternal life begins now. So what is it now that we should be uh, contending for? Ask God to reveal what the blockers are in receiving your inheritance. We knew from the daughters of Zelophar that their blockers, if they had not opened their mouth, if they had not gone to Moses, some of you need to go to a Moses. Some of you need to go and face that issue to really understand what the inheritance is. So if they had not gone to Moses, they would have missed that. Once you have identified some of the blockers, then pray the right prayers. This may sound a little bit odd. Right. I believe that when it comes to something that's been promised to us, we don't need to beg for it, but we need to command it. We need to command it into being. If God has promised it, then command it into being. You don't need to go, I don't necessarily need, think you need to go to God to beg for it, because he said, well, it's yours, you know. Prayer, prayer is so interesting, actually. I, I remember God saying to me, Audrey, the certain prayers you don't need to keep asking me for. <laughs> Stop asking me for it. Just claim it. Just ask, It's yours. Receive it. Just ask it. And then the certain prayers that, yes, do go to God. Offer supplication, etc., etc., because that's the way you're commanded. So not all praying is the same, if you get what I mean, but I won't go into that now. So pray the right prayers. Strengthen your faith. Have allies as well. People who will pray and believe with you. The daughters of Zelophehad banded together in unity. And that unity made them stronger and their faith stronger. As I said before, do not despise your inheritance like Esau. He didn't think it was important enough. That was very short-term thinking. The Dodds crew, or the daughters of Zelifod crew, knew that their inheritance would outlive them, but they contended for it. They knew that it would outlive them, but they contended <coughs> for it. 
I remember in the scripture, Hezekiah, and I think I preached this here before, I'm not sure, if, but Hezekiah was so short-term in his thinking. He allowed um, his children to suffer for his mistake. You know, because he said, oh, it's not going to happen in my generation. You know, it'll happen in their generation. So he allowed his children to suffer for his mistake. So just to conclude, just to conclude, yeah. So I really believe that God just wants us to redig those wells again of hope and of faith and of knowing who you are in Christ and what he's called you for. I know you know, but I'm just here to remind you about who you are and what you can do and what is rightfully yours. I'd like to just remind that, I give that to you and remind that um, to you right now. So let me just pray, let me just pray because I do sense that there may be some here that just needs that uh, allyship to claim what is theirs. So, Father, so yeah, I'm just going to ask um, if this message has touched anyone or has spoken to anyone, I just want you to stand and so that we can just believe with you at this time if there's anything that we need to stand in agreement with you. So if there's anyone that needs to stand, just stand at this time. Yeah, lovely. Excellent. So, Father, what do you want to do today? I believe you want to... <laughs> you want some daughters of Zelifod to come into this room today and ignite them, Lord, and that, you know, that they know that they are loved by you, first of all. Yes, Father... Yeah, I'm just going to say this thing about barriers. I just feel that there has been some barriers for some of you. Okay? So we're going to agree with, with uh, we're going to agree that those barriers, there's two things. God can either take away the barriers or he will give you the grace to understand why the barriers are there and he wants you to take the barriers away, okay? Sometimes God will take the barriers away. Sometimes he wants you to take the barriers. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you right now. We thank you, Lord God, that you are a God that hears and does and says. And I thank you for these precious ones, Lord, that are facing some barriers, Lord God. They know they have an inheritance. They know that. But it's like it's over there and they can't reach it. But Father, in the name of Jesus, I see many of them now just stepping over it. I don't even see them content. I just see them stepping over it. So Father, in the name of Jesus, where it has weighed them down, this issue, that Father, right now, 
they will release, realize that they have the victory in you and that they will just step over that barrier, that that barrier will no longer be a barrier, but they will realize the awesomeness of God and the, the strength of God and that Lord God, through, through you, that all things are possible. So Father, we agree and we stand with your dear, precious people today, that the barriers will go in Jesus' name and they will walk into their inheritance in the name of Jesus. And my dear sister, um, I just, you know, you know what I see? I see that your stride is a bigger than you think. I see that, that actually you think, I can't do this, but that stride is bigger than you think. And I feel that God is saying, yeah, don't, don't, um, don't be contained by where people have contained you. Don't let your thinking be contained by others containing you. It's like somewhere along the line there is a big stride, there's big things that you want to do, but because of maybe others, you've been contained and you feel as if you've been contained. But I feel that God wants to uh, unloose you from that straitjacket right now and he's saying to you, take those big strides. Take those big strides because I've given you the ability to take those big strides. Don't need to be in small steps anymore, but big strides because I feel that um, there's been some uh, things going on in the back of your mind saying that, oh, no, 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 you can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. But I feel God is saying, take those bigger strides because he will be with you at this time and this season. So I thank you for my dear sister, Lord God, and I thank you that those strides will be big and there'll be strides, Lord God, especially in finance. I don't know why, but there'll be a financial breakthrough where I can see God saying, it's like your hands are open like this and you're carrying the, 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 the wealth in your hands. And I feel that God wants to do that to you and for you, not just for you, but for others as well because he sees that your heart is big and that's why he's giving you a stride that will match the bigness of your heart in the name of Jesus Father. Pour out that vision. Help us be a daughter on the daughters of Zelophon. Lord God, let her claim that inheritance. She goes into her bedchamber morning after morning claiming that inheritance in the name of Jesus. We do thank you Lord in Jesus name. Amen. Rejoice with my dear yeah, Lord, you're so good. He's so amazing. The Lord wants to set some of us free. Free not just from our, um, from our, sometimes it's from our own minds and our own way of thinking. And Lord, I just thank you for my brother as well, and Wayne, Lord God, Dwayne, isn't it? Yes. Dwayne, Lord God, and all that you're doing in his life, Lord God. And Dwayne, sometimes I see that you're taking a couple of steps forward, but then a couple of steps backward. A couple of steps forward and a couple of steps forward backward. But I sense that what God is doing is cutting that lead that keeps dragging you backwards. I sense he's cutting that lead that keeps dragging the dog back. But you know sometimes a dog, and uh, I don't mean you're a dog, but you know anyway. But you know sometimes a dog's on a lead, and they're barking, and they're going, and then they just have to come back. And I sense that there's been a lead that's just been holding you to that uh, gatepost. But I sense God is just going to cut that off you right now, and he's going to um, take into things that you didn't even consider. And sometimes, though, it's not that he, it's not that he hasn't got your back way. 
is sometimes you feel that at times that he hasn't got your back. But I know God has got your back and he is he and the angels in heaven is rooting for you right now to be the best, what the best of your or, or best of yourself, the best way that you can be. I feel that God has got your back. I feel as well there is a um, uh, uh, there's a, what, it's a voice. There's a voice in you. I don't necessarily just mean singing. I actually mean there's a preaching. There's something about preaching, and I don't even necessarily just mean in the church. But I do. There is something of a preaching and a speaking anointing. I can see you even at the corners of just roads talking to people and just really, um, uh, you know, um, going through scripture with them and just trying to uh, debate with them. I just see that, that that's in you and on you and it wants to be released in you in a fuller way, in a, in a way that uh, will launch you into all the things that God has for you. So I thank you for Wayne, Lord God. We come against fear, Lord God, and we come against self-criticism. Yeah, we come against fear and the spirit of self-criticism that sometimes hold him back. And we thank you, Lord God, that he will launch into all the things that you want him to walk into. In the name of Jesus, we bless you. 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 Are great and your name is worthy to be praised. We thank you, Lord. Yeah, Lord Jesus. And my sister there as well. Now, I don't know anything about you because I've never seen you before. But I, I also sense that that uh, message was somehow true for you in terms of it's probably um, more closer to home as well, that it could actually be land or something that you are grappling with. But I just sense that um, God has it sorted for you and uh, he will sort it out. Something, you know, maybe family issues, etc. And I just sense that God wants to just encourage you that he will, he'll sort it out. He'll sort it out. He'll sort it out. I feel on this one you've just got to trust him. I feel as if you don't have to do anything. Just go to him and just say, yeah, Lord, thank you for sorting this out. Thank you, Lord God, because I'm going to come out victorious. And I just sense that God is saying, just trust him at this time, because he'll sort it out in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Contend for your inheritance, hope. Contend for it. Redig the wells. Reading the wells. You don't realise how much spiritual authority is in this place. You know, small or not, it doesn't matter. But, you know, you're contending against flesh and, uh, not flesh and blood, but spirituality, spirituality and power. So contend for your inheritance in the name of Jesus and God bless you. Amen. Amen.